Welcome back to Torn, Finding a Mom-Life Balance. We're your hosts, Athena and Memes. And on this week's podcast, we are going to do something in the spirit of Read Across America. We're going to share some of our favorite bedtime stories that we've kept as part of our motherhood journey. So this is actually a tradition in our household that I feel really strongly about maintaining and adding other people into it. Um, So nightly bedtime stories, visits library, selecting books, receiving publications, highlights, things like that. And I just like getting the reactions, seeing which things are their favorite. Um, It's as much for them as it is for us, um, reading together. Sometimes we tag team bedtime, but sometimes we do some of those activities together. And it's just always fun to see what resonates with them, what their questions are, what their different take is, what they pay attention to. And I really enjoy like making voices, singing songs. Um, Omar really likes altering endings or giving voices to inanimate objects. And... um, (laughs) And then when I read the story, and I'm not privy to that new twist, Sophie is sure to correct me and tell me or continue to repeat that line, even though I'm reading the story as it was written. And, you know, it just adds to the bedtime shenanigans. Um, It's always fun. Yeah, bedtime is always a fun time. I know it's part of my childhood where... I enjoyed it a lot, especially um, just storytelling, I think, in our family was important because we would have my dad read poems that he liked and the poetic side of him would come out at night um, and read to us stories. And then our mom would just make up stories or I even remember um one of my favorites that I tell in English and in Spanish with my kids that my abuelita used to tell me. And it was always about the cocarachita mandinga. Que linda que te ves. <laughs> you know, like that awesome little character who was just cleaning her house and found five cents and bought a beautiful ribbon <laughs> that made every animal in the town want to marry her. The roach. Um, so, <laughs> Which I yes, never the roach. <laughs> identified as a roach. Like there was nothing about her characterization and the way they personified her that made me think roach. <laughs> yeah. Especially since I think she ends up with the mouse at the end. <laughs> so I always envisioned a mouse, but yeah, she's a roach. <laughs> so Um, but her memory lives strong. And so it's one that like, even if we don't have a physical book, the art of storytelling has been something that I've made sure stays in our family. And my husband, he gets more story hungry and like loves like the nutcracker. So, (laughs) which I think for most people is an acquired taste. Like he likes the original nutcracker and it's very long, but it has beautiful illustrations in it. Um, But yeah, so around Christmas time, we'll get on the couch and read the nutcracker. 
And it's funny what the kids like gravitate to, which characters, what ugly woodcracker they could actually figure out this time to point out and look at, um, you know, and then just, yeah, I don't know, like it, it's awesome to also see them pick out their favorite books. So storytelling has been a huge part of how we end our day and even sometimes how we start our day because I have actors. <laughs> My children love to act. Um, and so storytelling has just been part, a major part of our family. Definitely my earliest memories, fondest memories, um, came with puppies, poetry reciting, and I proudly would claim to anyone I could that I had read Don de la Mancha. Oh my gosh, me too. While everyone me too. was big text by Cervantes, and I'm like, yeah, of course. When only when graphic novels became popular did I add the detail that our version was more like a graphic novel, comic book version, but I still knew the dreaminess of El Quixote. I understood his love and his best friend and how ridiculous some of the things he did and believed were his imagination but I think that magical realism won my heart with that version of El Quixote and my dad uh, you know standing by my bunk bed because yes this carried on so when I was way older than just (laughs) learning how to read and I can still kind I can remember the pace that he recites it the way his voice sounds um we all have our favorites of his poems that he would recite and have each tried to recite them. But lo and behold, my daughter refuses to let me take out this poetry book whenever I'm trying to do bedtime. So I'm hoping that her uncultured, uncontrollable nature will eventually subside (laughs) and one day (laughs) she will appreciate what it is to have a poem read to you where you your um your poet is inserting your name and making you feel special and even if it leads to the heart crushing realization later as you're looking through the table of contents and through the appendix in the back for the title of the poem and what page is it on because he didn't leave me my little bookmark to discover that that poem, in fact, does not have your middle name in it, (laughs) wasn't almost like penned by your own dad for you, but actually um, a completely different name that you're glad he didn't name you. (laughs) I was going to say, you're not named, not going to eat them. and yet still holds like such a warm, dear place. So I'm hoping that because of how special those poems are to me and how much that time means to me that my daughter will eventually let me recite them to her so that she can, you know, remember them into her old age. Yeah, and I, I would encourage folks that maybe reading is not your thing and maybe storytelling is to not limit yourself to pages of books because it's a, 
to me, the impression that my dad or Poppy made on us about certain characters and stuff are just so impressionable. Like, Chimbombo, like, he's a real person to me. <laughs> like, I see him come alive and all these different characters that he would read about and give them their own personality. Like we were saying about Coca-Cola Mandiga, like, no matter how much I know she's a cockroach, I'll forever see her as this cute mouse and I would always picture her to be this mouse that our grandmother actually had in her house which was a pincushion like she used it for holding her needles but this mouse smelled like rose petals <laughs> so I'd always picture her as Kokodichi the Mandiga I don't know if you remember this mouse mm -hmm. in grandma's house meme but she would always be over by the lamp <laughs> not a real mouse a pincushion but it's just your ability to share in that moment with your children well there's nothing like it and and as they get older they do end up appreciating because i've actually been able to see that with my oldest well the other part is that cuartos and social injustice without me knowing it when you're thinking about 10 minutes that people are watching side and hanging their clothes and there's just so many people on top of each other and I can hear the coughing and I can see the bodies and I can see the space and that 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 little corner of a neighborhood is so clear in my imagination and then racism and mocking and how the body it was so in Chimbombo the body is so crude but so like alive in the poem um when I later learn about these implications in society and injustice or um, even slurs or it it is almost heartbreaking because this thing that you which I think is the the connection to art too and what I would love to see in all our littles is like what highlights life for them and then what art does to either turn it on its head or make them ask questions or make them change who they are um when i see that life can be a little heartbreaking or that there just is injustice but that you can still write something so beautiful that someone could express something about that injustice to bring it to me in a whole nother decade a whole nother location um as a bridge with me and my father as a connection with my siblings um telling that story that is what storytelling does for me. And I, I love that time where Soph doesn't want to go to bed and we're laying in the dark and always making up a story out loud and his imagination runs away with him. And it's so much more like there's dragons and there's caves and there's <laughs> princess and that we're going across on a boat and there's a journey. And I am still laying there waiting for like the happy ending. I'm like, I don't know where the twists and turns are going to happen for this to all wrap <laughs> up and not leave me depressed after she goes to sleep. Um, but that he can take you away, can connect you to others. It can, you know, bring something from a distance to you and that they make that magical too so if you're waking up to a, a invented story of what happened and that's why the mess is still in my room or why they don't want to do something or why they're trying to hoodwink you into doing something for them I think all of that feeds into like who your kid is and how they see the world and how they see other people um, and I think it's 
really special when you have those unique moments with them. Totally agree. And one of our other favorites when they're really young is brown bear, brown bear. (laughs) I don't know how many goofy voices you could do. It's really what I get a kick out of is like you ask them what animal that is or what noise does it make and the craziest things they could come up with to take the book down a complete different path (laughs) than where it's leading you to and it's just always hilarious for me at least with my boys we would always get to the last page and they're like this is what people look like (laughs) like this is what a teacher looks like no (laughs) um so it, it is just funny to see what conversations come up in the doors that open because you're reading a book and then there's an there's a art and a and a rhythm that gets created when it's the same book over and over again I know some people don't like reading books multiple times but I think the more you read a book the different ways you get to look at it because sleep train sleep train will now forever be a Ramsey favorite because of my youngest son and like that was his book and it's still his book and he'll see things and he'll say things from that book oh clickety clack or he'll associate his numbers to it or if he gets really tired that's the book that he wants to read and it's just sweet to hear him for the first time like memorize a book or share what his favorite part of the book is or make you skip to his favorite part and then have you read the whole thing from beginning to end all over again um, but it, it's just a uh, bonding with your child that's unique and different with each child because you could be reading the same story, but that specific child will bring out a complete different aspect of it because it's just like memes you sharing about that poem that you thought your name was in. And I knew all along that her name was not in it. And I always thought to myself, huh. Why does my dad always read it with her name in it? And since that's not the real name, why doesn't he ever put my name in it? But it made sense to me because you always admire the star. So I'm like, my dad has captured her personality in this poem and therefore it had uh, a connection to me too because I, I valued it. I could just see my sister in that poem uh, being the inquisitive little girl pushing the boundary. Yep, but so in trouble. I just... It was, <laughs> getting in trouble so it made sense i'm like oh yeah my name me i would not fit into that poem (laughs) like that's not my character and so it always i always fell in love with the way my dad chose he chose to tell which one of us because with jean bumbo i felt like he would get more loud and animated because he knew it was my brother's face so he could never let his last act trump his current one so mm-hmm. as he read it over and over again to dave like it just got more and more animated <laughs> and outdoing himself um so it, it's just sweet to see that and to have a parent that understands that and can be that story maker to you it's uh, there's really no words to describe it so i encourage folks do read across America, read more, share your favorite stories, and even turn your 
daily live stories uh, into stories, like da- daily live events that you've lived out, because that's what our grandmother did. There are many stories that she would tell about how her parents asked her to go to one place and she ended up somewhere else. And there was a whole story behind it. And it was very animated. And there was a climax and uh, once upon a time and a and- and cliffhangers yeah. of the lesson learned cliffhangers at every <laughs> yes. corner kept coming back for more it's interesting because yes. the brown bear brown bear was Isabella's first book that she memorized and because you know our schedule and it's not the same day to day it was more of an experience of just being so excited to see that phase with her and see her get to that and enjoy that story so much and we got to see um, some of Eric Carle's stories performed and she really appreciated that because of that being the first book she memorized. And as you were talking about those oral traditions and that storytelling, I think about knowing your own family history and that there are times that my bonding with others is sharing those stories I've heard from my abuela from Papi, from my mom. And each of them, as I say, the storyteller, like my mom makes me think of her childhood and her neighborhood and her friends and going to school and going dancing. Um, The first time my grandmother went away and she cut her hair and my dad being a DJ. And then I think about my grandmother being a mother and her raising her children and her enjoying watching them play with toys and their innocence Um, on our Panamanian side. I just think of like historic Panama. I think of a finca and I think of heartbreak and difficult times, but I think of a very pure natural thing when I think of mama and I think of her being a midwife for her daughter and for so many others and loving my papi the way she did and that passing down through the stories like where in your mind's eye you feel like you were there or you feel like you know the story better than the people who told you the story after you've heard it so many times (laughs) um I think it's important for us to hear the stories of the ones before us and I think it's really important for us to tell stories. I, funny enough, was looking back at pictures of my daughter four years ago, so where she was just like three weeks old, and there were already so many stories of just three weeks of her life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, we had the usual um, daddy's little girl moment where we would go through pictures and I'm like, oh, I'm feeding you. Oh, look at my hair. You know, like, I can't believe I took so many pictures where I look so crazy. But she's paying attention to every fifth picture. It's like, oh, daddy's feeding me my bottle there. And oh, I'm (laughs) sitting with daddy. And oh, and I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Who's doing this activity (laughs) with you? What moments am I focusing on? And you're just like, I don't want to look at that one. And it's all about those moments in that story that, you know, can either bring you back or makes you feel like time flew. Um, 
And when I think about a story that she's enjoyed over and over, I randomly in the library picked up a Stanley's Garage book by William B. And it's talking about this hamster gerbil, excuse me, I don't don't know which one he was, um, (laughs) who owns a garage and his friends come in. And I just find it interesting because I've always gotten her like roads and cars and different, like playing in the bathtub with like different things because I want her to be exposed to both. I never wanted to be gender exclusive and um so now she'll repeat like your car is overheating you need to put water you need you know you have a flat tire and you need a round (laughs) one or you know her dad made up lines about the phone ringing at the garage and then it's a bucket and you know just because there was like a a different like something on the table that he made into the story that the Mm. bucket was calling and I never and I never (laughs) used that line because I don't know where he was going with that line but she always says the line and then at the end it's like he ends his day and we re- and again like you were saying about repeating the same story but she can tell like she can just look at the image and she can tell you line by line that story and it wasn't even like a classic that I had from my own childhood it wasn't one I knew. we just picked it up it was a hit and we were reading it for four weeks <laughs> every night and <laughs> then I found other versions of it and I think it can just pick up that way like you were mentioning the boys are reading a lot of Bernstein bears like I think you can just go through a phase everything was fancy Nancy for a little while then um it was and honestly even loving reading there's times that you pick the one up that's like 35 pages why why (laughs) did you pick this from the shelf (laughs) yes and then you become creative like our mother and just skip some pages yeah. Some lines in yeah. and call the, it done. The abridged version. There's <laughs> like an official word for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> version. AKA Ella. <laughs> Definitely uh, find different ways to bring storytelling in. Um, some more recommendations. A great gift um, Sophie got from her Thea. Um, from Athena was good to Rebel Girls, and it's by Elena Favilli and Francesca Cavallo. It's Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Mm-hmm. We're we're starting that fire spirit in our little one. Be a rebel for something good. And um, I just think it's interesting because, like, I was thinking about it as we were prepping for this podcast, talking about stories. And I said, what are each book for each of my boys? So my oldest, his favorite from the get-go, kind of like you were talking about with Isabella, that she memorized the words. It was, if you bring a mouse to (laughs) school, right? (laughs) Or if you give a mouse a cookie. Like, whatever those you know, those books were, and he loved it. And then we took him to see the play and he fell in love with it. But it was the first book that he could actually read in English by himself. So he fell in love with those books. Then you had, which I think encapsulated his personality because it was still very, a structured environment. Like the mouse is going to school for crying out loud. And mm-hmm. my oldest is academic, 100%. And then you got Sam who loved Goodnight Baseball. Now, this one was not one that I had ever heard of before, but it rhymes and it talks about baseball, which made sense because anything around got Sam's attention. He just loves sports. 
we read that like over and over and over again, even though I tried so hard to make him love green eggs and ham. <laughs> Has your name in it. It's a no brainer. Oh uh, no. Good night baseball. And then you had Zeke, which has caused us many laughs, and it's called I Stink, (laughs) and it's about a a garbage truck. It's about a garbage truck, and he goes through his day, and there is an alphabet soup in there where there is poop, dirty underns, and... Uh yeah, so of course All it's his favorite of our every cities. time. He... <laughs> All the, best, the <laughs> yeah. highlights of the city. Yeah, <laughs> the highlights of the city. Uh, I eat poop. I eat dirty underpants and spoiled zucchinis. <laughs> so that would crack Zeke up, and every night after read this book, and he's like, I eat her trash, and if it wasn't for a Sharama baby, and that just gets my kid. And then, of course, you have Philip with his trains. And so we have Sleep Train. Um, but yeah, I think the books capture personalities so perfectly. And so, our listeners, uh, our torn tribe, if you have books that you really enjoyed reading and that you've incorporated into your parenthood journey we would love to hear about it so please tell us about your once upon a time and with that we're going to move on to the mend our favorite segment of the show along the lines with our weekly uh trip to the library to pick up some books for it just was really apropos that my request for Parker Looks Up, An Extraordinary Moment by Parker Curry and Jessica Curry, illustrated by Brittany Jackson, is a story of a little girl going to the museum and seeing the portrait of Michelle Obama. Um, It is great to highlight for Women's History Month. It is a beautiful story about a little girl looking in the mirror, seeing herself as a queen, and then finding something out in the world that is bigger than her, that just captures her attention and reinforces how special she is, how she can be whatever she wants to be. And it's done in a really beautiful way with highlighting a sibling relationship and a trip with a parent to a museum, um, a play date with a friend or like an outing with a friend. And then this spectacular moment, um, it's everything you want a book to do for your child. Like open their eyes, grab their attention, make them dream big, give them, you know, the playful fun that you can have with learning. And it really, really was really enjoyable to share with Sophie because we were both reading it for the first time. Oh, that's so awesome. It sounds really fun. I'm going to have to pick that one up now and read that. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. And this week's men for me was knowing that I'm going to have a, a stint in staying home longer and not traveling as much. So it's been enjoyable to know that I could put my suitcase to the side for a little bit. <laughs> so... That that's been a mend because it was nice this weekend to not have to prep for two weeks in advance. So I actually had time to sit and do nothing. 
Yeah. Which was nice. That's the dream. <laughs> You're living the dream. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I'm living my kids' lives. Because I was just talking about this with Steve. I'm like, yeah, you look around. We're constantly doing stuff. And they're just sitting on the couch enjoying whatever game is on or whatever movie's on. I'm like, oh, you can sit and actually watch a movie without getting up and having to rewind because you've been in where you were upstairs folding laundry and couldn't really hear what was going on on the television. So I actually got to sit and relax this weekend. It was quite nice. I I could get used to it. (laughs) So... Um, to stay connected means let our tribe folks know how to stay connected. Well, on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we're at Torn MLB. Please keep in the loop. We're going to be sharing some exciting opportunities soon on the podcast. So please um, subscribe, rate us, review, share. And if you'd like to share a mend, comment on a topic, or give some advice to the Torn Tribe, please email to Gmail account tornmlb at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Mm-hmm.